Welcome, listeners, to The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon, the podcast dedicated to the lighter side of crime fiction. I'm Alexia Gordon, author and host. On each episode, I interview an author writing cozy, traditional, or historical mysteries. You won't find mysteries with explicit sex or violence. You will find mysteries with high-quality writing, intriguing plots, and engaging characters. Thanks for listening. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. I'm Alexia Gordon, your host. My guest in the corner today is author Louise Hare, who joins me to chat about Miss Aldridge Regrets. Welcome, Louise. Hi, thanks for having me. Before we start the real interview, are you celebrating the Queen's Jubilee this weekend? Uh, I I haven't really done anything. I, maybe I'm a, a bad subject, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like none of my friends have been doing anything. There have been like I've seen other people doing street parties and stuff, but yeah, no. <laughs> That's why we've, we've we've seen some of the, the pictures over over here on, on the you know, on the news, and it just looks like people are having so much fun with their their fabulous hats and uh, out in yeah. the crowds. <laughs> right, well, Miss Aldridge Regrets is your U.S. debut novel, so would you please introduce us to your protagonist, Lena Aldridge, and tell us what she's up to? Yeah, certainly. Um, so when we first meet her in the book, it's um, set in 1936, and she is on the Queen Mary traveling to New York. And then you start to sort of go back into what's happened just before that moment, which is that um, everything's sort of fallen apart for her. She had all these great ambitions. She's a jazz singer, but she really wanted to like act as well. And she really wanted to have this sort of glittering West End career. Um, but she's ended up singing in this quite dingy nightclub in Soho. Uh, and then this guy turns up one day and offers her this amazing opportunity, which is uh, a role in a Broadway musical and a first class ticket on the Queen Mary. So it kind of sounds too good to be true. But then uh, there's a murder in London and she thinks maybe this is a good time to sort of get out of town. Um, so she thinks, you know, let's, let's just give it a go and see what happens. Um, but obviously once she's on board, the murders continue. Now, as you mentioned, you set the story in 1936, uh, which is a time that falls in that period. Many people refer to as the golden age of crime fiction. And mm-hmm. you even have Lena talking about reading the latest uh, Agatha Christie or Dorothy Sayers novels. So what inspired you to set your story during the interwar period? I guess it's just sort of an interesting period because you do have all that sort of glamour um, associated with um, that sort of crime novels so of thinking like Poirot when you watch the adaptations on TV and on the big screen. Um, it always looks so amazing. But then obviously at the same time, you've got this sort of pre-World War II period. So um, Hitler was already in power in Germany and there was stuff, you know, there's kind of a lot of um, stuff happening in the UK as well in terms of like fascism and um, so although those aren't huge parts of the story those are sort of things that Lena is sort of dealing with in her daily life and in the conversations that she has with people. 
And, and much of the, the action uh, takes place, as you mentioned, on the, the Queen Mary, which is the uh, one of the Cunard Line's iconic ships. It's uh, mm-hmm. making the crossing from Southampton to New York, uh, which is a route that still sails today on the Queen Mary, too, which I'm actually um, sailing in October. So I'm taking oh, your book wow. with me on the ship because I think <laughs> it would be so cool to read a book about a crossing while I'm making the crossing. <laughs> <laughs> but the question is not really about me. The question is, how did you how did you choose this this iconic uh, ocean liner as you, as a as a setting for your story? Um, it was sort of laziness, if I'm honest. So I knew that I wanted to set it on a ship, and so I thought, oh, I'll just make my own ship. But then when I started researching the ships of the period, there's so much information on the Queen Mary because it was you know she was such an iconic ship and still is. Um, so I was like. You know, the stories that I was finding out about what went on on the ship and looking at all of the photographs of, um, you know, the, the, just the huge amounts of money that were spent making this like the most luxurious ship in the world. I was like, I have to I have to use this. <laughs> well, tell us some more about your research. Um, how, did, how did you, uh, you know, research a, a period that's what, almost 100 years ago now? How did how did you go about that? Yeah, so I'm kind of lucky because I live in London. I'm very close to the British Library, which has literally every book you can imagine. Um, So, yeah, I would just go and get piles and piles of books out on Queen Mary to get all the... So, like, even if you look at the dates in the book, the dates are based around, like, a real sailing. Um, You could get out copies of the ship's paper. They actually have a copy from 1936. Um, So I was able to sort of sort of flick through the pages of that newspaper, which was really interesting to see what, you know, what Lena might have read um, in the morning when she woke up. And apart from that, sort of generally just reading, I always like to read fiction from the period because I feel like you can get a sense of how people spoke um, and what they wore. I did a lot of research into the fashion as well. Um, I was fascinated by what dresses people might wear to dinner. You know, you're talking about like first class, it's very fancy. People are really rich. So, uh, so yeah, I did um, some research into those sort of big sort of American families because um, the Abernathy family who Lena meets on the ship are like sort of super rich from New York. And um, so I was sort of looking at what, what those families were like at that time. Isn't I won't be selling in first class, by the way. <laughs> but um, while while you were researching your book, uh, did you come across anything about the time period that might surprise a a modern reader who perhaps their only exposure to the time period has been either their high school history class or one of those BBC adaptations of a Christie novel? Yeah, I guess. I mean, one of the things that I found out about the Queen Mary is like so much stuff that sort of went on that was sort of ignored. So there was a lot of gambling that went on, which I don't know. I I thought, you know, this is the iconic ship and, you know, royalty sales on it and stuff. And you see, you thought you would think that they would be very strict about things like this, but no, there were like no um, prostitutes that used to sail in first class. And they, they like made their living by sailing around on the different ships and things. So I guess I was surprised by, um, yeah, how risque some of the things were going on at that time. You know, you think that everyone was sort of very proper, but no. No, that is surprising. I, I wouldn't have, have guessed that about the, uh, wow, that is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another thing that you, uh, of course, talk about in your book uh, as uh, Lena is going to New York uh, to star in a, a musical, uh, you talk a lot about the popular music of, of the day. So are you a fan of 1930s jazz or show tunes? 
Yeah, um, I, I really sort of like listening to those those songs. So every song that I've sort of mentioned in the book is um, one that I've listened to a lot, um, partly for research, but also just because I like I like them. And you can listen to you know with those sort of jazz standards. I really love listening to all like lots of different versions because usually there's like been many sort of musicians that have released versions over the years, um, and it was just really useful to for me to sort of picture Lena as well, like what she would, you know, to imagine her on stage singing those songs. Do you have any favorite uh, songs or singers of the period? Uh, obviously, Ella Fitzgerald, um, probably my number one. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I listen to, I guess, some modern things. I love Gregory Porter as well. Um, so listening to his versions of a lot of those sort of classic jazz standards, something I do a lot when I'm writing, even when I'm not writing um, Lena's books, because I'm actually writing a sequel to this book now. Um, but yeah, I just love, I love the period. I love the sound. I actually bought some, um, some vinyl records because it kind of like you can imagine that obviously Lena would be listening to stuff on on vinyl or whatever um and there's just a different sound than when you're sort of streaming it from your phone <laughs> <laughs> and it, did the song Miss Otis Regrets inspire your title because every time I see yes. a title that song pops into my head <laughs> yeah I'm so glad it <laughs> so yeah it definitely um comes from that song and then I was worried is it is it like too niche a reference but no I think everyone gets it so that's good <laughs> Uh, um, in your acknowledgments, you say that uh, Miss Aldridge regrets began as a short story. So, what mm-hmm. sort of inspired you to expand it to novel length, and, and what was that process like? Yeah, so I did a master's in creative writing. So, um, in one of the semesters, we were looking at genre fiction. So, we were looking at crime, historical, um, and YA as well. And so, I had to write a short story in, in one of those genres. Um, so I'd written this story, which is about a jazz singer who witnesses a murder in a club in Soho. And I, think the, the, I guess the problem was that when I got the feedback, my teacher was like, I really like this story, but it feels like it's not finished. Like, it, you, you know, you've literally got her leaving the club. And, but then I want to know what happens to her afterwards. So I was like, OK, OK. Um, and I just sort of sat with it for a while. And then I started to think about what might actually happen to this person afterwards. Um, and she wasn't really leaner at that point. Um, she was someone a bit different. It was actually set in the 1950s. Um, and then when I started to think about, you know, how could I make an interesting murder mystery, then that was what sort of brought me to that in the 1936 um, setting. So, yeah. No, I, I'm, a, a mystery set on uh, an ocean liner would sort of fall into the, the, uh, into the category of, of closed circle mystery. I mean, you've got a mm. set group of people who are effectively trapped in a room, a really large room that floats with a murderer. So did you find any challenges with, with working with that, that type of mystery where you've, you know, your people can't kind of come and go. I mean, who, who's there mm. when the ships out on the ocean is who's there. Did, did you find any mm. challenges with that? Um, it was actually, it was actually quite nice because I guess because it is quite a big ship. So there were places that, you you know, people could potentially hide. Um, so it wasn't as, it wasn't as bad as if they were sort of trapped in a small house, which would be a lot, 
a lot more difficult. Um, but actually, it was quite nice. And I think with also with knowing the dates of the crossings, I only had sort of four days. So it was like, okay, so I need to plan out. A, when I'm going to kill people off <laughs> and then when when am I going to reveal the murderer and how and so once I'd sort of figured those things out around the timing of it it was actually quite good and also the, the good thing with being on a ship is you can't just call in the police so um, you know it just made it a lot easier to sort of you know you just have this sort of quite grumpy officer who's having to deal with these things that he doesn't want to deal with um, but other than that Lena's sort of on her own and um basically trying not to get murdered. Hey, your novel deals with uh, some serious topics, uh, uh, such as the um, you know, having to hide your racial heritage, uh, whether murder is ever morally justified despite being legally wrong. You know, as you mentioned, you've mm-hmm. got the, the backdrop of, of Hitler's rise to power. So, But your novel doesn't come across as a polemic or a manifesto or a sociology textbook. I mean, it's still an entertaining story it's a it's a good mystery so how do you kind of uh, wrap in all of those you know pretty heavy hitting social issues and moral issues and yet still keep it a mystery that people want to read because it's a good story yeah it is it's tricky I think what I tried to do was with the first draft is just focus on the mystery and making sure that that the storyline worked and then um sort of layering the rest of it on gradually so it doesn't overtake the plot because I did want it to be a murder mystery first and foremost but then I wanted to talk about some things that interested me like on top of it so um yeah I think it was just sort of working through different drafts I luckily I quite like editing because I always had to do like lots of different drafts of my novels um so but yeah I mean also you know it helps having an editor um because it isn't my first book to be published, I had an editor. I could go, does this work, or do we need more of this, or less of this? So, yeah. And what did, what did you enjoy most about uh, recreating this this world from the past for for modern audiences? I think it's just fun because you can sort of play around with what was happening at the time. But also, what I like about writing historical fiction is usually I'm actually writing about things that make me angry now um and you realize it's quite sad to realize that actually not much has changed um between now and then um because I'm still yeah the stuff that I'm sort of wanting to put in you know I was talking about Hitler but then I was also thinking about stuff that was happening in well when I started to write this in like 2019 so you know so I guess like Trump and the rise of like lots of right-wing governments in Europe um, which was quite worrying. And then you start to think, oh, this has happened before. So, um, yeah, it was interesting to sort of re- revisit and look at those sort of parallels. Now, you mentioned you were writing a, a sequel. Can you tell us a little about that? Yeah, so I'm just um, editing at the moment. And so obviously at the end of the book, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that Lena doesn't get murdered. Exactly. So yes, but by the end of the book, she's arrived in New York. And then so the, what I'm writing now is what happens to her um, immediately after she arrives in New York and over those sort of following weeks. And, and I, I believe uh, the book ends with her uh, heading to Harlem. How are you researching uh, like, which would, be the the Harlem Renaissance movement, I guess, uh, may figure into your next book. How do you go about researching that period? 
Yeah, I mean, it's been, I would have, in an ideal world, I would have loved to actually go to New York and, and look around, but it's been difficult because of COVID. Um, so I've had to rely a lot on um, books, Google Earth, <laughs> um, going to the library. I mean, I've been reading like lots of fiction from the Holland Renaissance. Um, so I mean, Nella Larson, I mean, her book Passing was sort of a, a slight inspiration for the first book in, and sort of talk about Lena's heritage and things. So um, yeah, they've been really fun and looking at the, I guess like the jazz clubs of the time. And um, I do have a cameo from Ella Fitzgerald in the second book. Cause oh, I found out that um, the Savoy had a big opening party right on the date that I needed Lena to go there and the Ella Fitzgerald played. So I was like, oh, wow. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So I put it in, in there. Um, the Apollo theater's in there. So, you know, I just, again, trying to stick to the story, but also it's been really exciting to sort of, you know, see what I can include from the area. And the first book, Miss Aldrich Regrets, will be out in July. I want to say, is July yeah. 3rd or 5th? Uh, you're 5th. Releasing? July 5th. The 5th, yeah. Okay. And so where will, will readers be able to buy a copy? Uh, hopefully anywhere that sells books. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess... Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how it is for you guys, but we always say, you know, try your independent bookshop um, and uh, yeah, support local businesses. Uh, yes, we we say that too. Um, and we also <laughs> have a bookshop.org, which makes it easy to yes. order from independent bookshops um, and bookshops, including uh, Haywood Hill, for example, uh, will do mail order. So we, we can, it's, uh, I, I actually order books from Haywood Hill from sometimes. So even from overseas, wow. you can order <laughs> books from uh, independent bookstores. So yes, yeah, support your independent <laughs> bookstores. <laughs> so uh, where, can, where can readers connect with you and uh, find out more about uh, uh, what's going on, going on or what may be coming up next for, for Lena Aldrich? Yeah, so um, I have a website, which is louisehair.com. And I, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, which is at Lou R Hair. So those are probably the best places. Um, and I do a newsletter, which I try to do once a month as well. So if you go to my website, there's a, a sign-up form if you want to uh, subscribe. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for joining me in the corner today, Louise. Thank you for having me. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in to another episode of The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon. I've been chatting with author Louise Hare about her U.S. debut novel, Miss Aldridge Regrets. I'm Alexia Gordon, your host. Until next time, goodbye. Thank you for listening to The Cozy Corner with Alexia Gordon, part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I'm Alexia Gordon, award-winning author and host of the show. Tune in next time for another chat with an author writing on the lighter side of crime. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye.